Welcome, Owl fans, to another edition of Inside the Borough. Uh, tonight, it's just Jack and I. Dan is busy on the road. But we have a big episode for you guys tonight. Uh, we didn't have a game this weekend. Uh, we will discuss some of the things kind of around that game uh, and, you know, preview Georgia Southern with uh, McCain Black uh, Baxley, who we had earlier on this year, making his second appearance. But Jack, as, you know, someone who knows Conference USA really well, uh, you know, and especially these times of year, I don't want to be accusatory. These things are crazy. And someone who is very involved in the reporting on everything that was happening that day, Saturday. Uh, you know, we saw, you know, there was rumors with trainers and quarterbacks and certain player, wink, wink. I'm going to ask you straight up. Do you feel the conference should have done more to make this MTSU game happen? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, coming should've, out of the gates hot. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, shoulda, coulda, woulda. For FAU, maybe. Um, but I feel like the conference who say should have done a better job handling COVID-19 with its programs since week one, and they haven't. So it's kind of run of the mill, kind of what they've been doing. That being said, I'm not surprised that CUSA or as Louisiana Tech fans and now UTSA fans call it CUAB, um, that they've maybe forced Middle Tennessee to schedule UAB so UAB could get that extra game so they become eligible to represent the West and play Marshall. Uh, I mean, that's, that's some drama right there. And that's what just doesn't make any sense to me about all of this is that Middle Tennessee was, was solid a couple weeks ago. They play us. We're literally waiting <laughs> to leave campus. They, the boys have been on the bus for a good amount of time, just waiting for Middle Tennessee to say, yeah, you know, come on up. The, the plane is ready at Palm Beach International Airport, waiting for the team to, to get there. Um, and then, you know, they're just waiting on a few test results to see if they're going to play or not. But then two days later, after they decide not to play, they're going to be okay to play in – interdivision game it, it, it just it doesn't add up and it makes me no. think that the usa was pulling the strings at one way to favor one team but not to favor another yeah there, there's no obviously no human there's nothing uniform about this they've handled it poor I, I think u.s conference usa has probably had the most games canceled especially conference usa west where it seems like there's oh one God. game a week yeah. uh out there you know, UTSA has actually been fortunate to be able to get most of their games off, but it's just, I feel like I haven't seen UAB play or Louisiana Tech play in weeks. It's, it's just, it's been insane. They're just, it's, they're just forcing a uh, square peg in a round hole. That's what this season is. Just get it in. We don't care what the standings look like, you know, it, it, you know, is it, can FAU win conference USA East this year? Mathematically, they still can mathematically, right? If you Marshall loses two games, right? But the, the real answer to that question is probably not, right? And But still, that stuff matters. And, you know, there's TV money. There's getting this games out here. And I, and I like to think, you know, you know, it, 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 to me, there's honestly also, there's not much that could have been done. There's I saw some fans on Twitter who I was kind of going back and forth with saying, we'll force them to take a loss. Who cares? What is like Middle Tennessee in a loss season, anyways? You give them one loss in a record book, it means nothing. They go, okay, it doesn't affect any coaches' jobs. Everyone knows, no one's going to pay attention to it in COVID. It's not 
punishment anyway. But you know what is punishment? Middle Tennessee possibly having to go play three hours versus FAU's defense without Astro hair, right? Like nobody wants to do that. So I, I think, you know, that's ultimately what it came down to. Uh, you know, FAU is ready to play without most of their running backs. I what do you want to credit. Uh, it was Reese okay. from the Palm Beach Post. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I, he did say that James Charles would have been able to play. So we would have had one of our regular backs. FAU probably had enough to get scrape by and score two, three touchdowns and win that game that day, especially if they had no Astro hair. But, you know, it's just it, – it, it just felt like all very – uh, kind of bush league and unorganized and that's essentially what conference usa is a lot of times with a lot of things they do leadership wise and decision making but uh you know switching off of conference usa a little bit here you know mate we'll make a quick transition we have a big out of conference game this weekend yeah i mean we're we're, we're playing football and if we got to go out of conference usa to do it then that's what we got to do um th- there was some talk that this game might be postponed and, you know, so we could make up the game against middle Tennessee this weekend. I didn't see that happening. Uh, now again, seems like middle Tennessee can play shocking, whatever, but uh, we got Georgia Southern this weekend. Uh, and it's interesting because remember when, when we had that podcast several months ago in September and we we're talking about how good of a program Georgia Southern is and how they're going to be competing for the Sun Belt. Things haven't really gone their way, but they're still dangerous. Well, that's kind of been the Sun Belt in general. Like, who who the hell saw Coastal Carolina coming out of nowhere? They're, they're projected to finish, like, second to last or last in that conference. And now you see them ranked in the college. Well, you, know, you know what matters? And I, I, I tweeted this stats. It was, uh, I believe, Charles Power of 247 Sports found it. And this was going – this was a couple weeks ago, so this is up-to-date data. Coastal Carolina, very weirdly, is a team that finished all their spring practices. Big deal. Teams that finished more than seven of their spring practices going into a couple weeks ago are 48 and 18. So, you know, that's why you kind of have, you know, practicing is important in football, especially in spring. But, you know, with Georgia Southern, they're a team. They're good. They're six and four. Uh, They've lost a lot of close games. They lost a one point game to a good army team. They have run into some trouble the past few weeks, a couple opt-outs, some players get in trouble. It seems like they just fired the offensive coordinator. It seems like the the wheels are coming off a bit, a little bit in a good season. But in the end, their triple option, uh, you know, they haven't lost a, as it, you know, mentioned later in the podcast, a home at a conference game in like 12, 16 years, the 26 in a row. Yeah. And let's just be straight up. We don't match up well at all with them. I think defensively we'll be fine, but they're top, they're 12th in the country against the run. I, I will say this. I, I think that our I run have, defense has been solid. Okay, that's fine. But I have more faith in Shia Wirtz to make a few plays at home than Javion Posey right now. Uh, I'm going to throw out a stat. Javion Posey has to throw for more than 250 yards for us to win this game or Nick Tron, whoever the corner will back. We have yeah. to be able to throw that their weaknesses in the secondary. We have to be able to take advantage of it. Absolutely. That, that's where we're going to have to find a way to attack them. That is their weakness is their uh, pass defense. Um, but when it comes to the Eagles and them offensively, they're just going to run the ball and they're going to run the ball similar how we would out of the shotgun, out of the pistol, 
a lot of option sets, a lot of speed. It's a lot of fun to watch when it works when they're not playing your team, basically. So uh, Shai Wirtz has been a bit banged up. McLean's going to be talking about him later on. A bit banged up, so he might see a different look offensively. I'm really curious how it's going to be because Wirtz is one of the best quarterbacks in Sunbelt Conference history. One of their top backs was recently injured. Uh, J.D. King, they had another back who got in trouble off the field. So, you know, they are dealing with some things, but, you know, it just feels like one of those games where you can't get too far ahead and be like, oh, they have all these guys banged up. They're still a yeah. good program. They're at home. And again, you know, it's, it, I, I don't know about you, Jack, but what is, you know, what's the kind of faith in our ability to be able to attack their weakness? And Not, I mean, uh, that's, that, that's what this game comes down to because, you know, a lot of fans against UMass got frustrated with the O-line and a bunch of guys being in the box. I mean, if you were frustrated against UMass, Georgia Southern is going to, you know, it, we're still not even sure which backs are playing yet. You know, yeah. it was reported a couple of players had COVID. If it was, I'm just throwing names out. Like if it was a couple of our top backs, that puts us even more at a disadvantage. So, you know, it, guys like TJ Chase and Brandon Robinson are going to have to have big games. And, and you know what, Shane, that's exactly what offense co-offense coordinator uh, Drew, Coach Drew said today, um, that the receivers, especially the older guys like TJ, are, are really going to have to have good games. And that's something that they expect every week, and, you know, they haven't really gotten that. Uh, it's going to be a cold weather game. Uh, right now the temperature is 6 p.m. in Statesboro for Saturday is 49 degrees. It's going to plummet uh, lower 40s. So it will – We'll see. I think both teams are going to try and establish the run, and it's going to be hard considering how good both defenses are at stopping the run. So uh, let's get the Georgia Southern perspective then because I, mean, I, I feel like we don't know what's going to happen in this game. There are too many variables, which actually reminds me a lot of FAU going into the season. Everything at Georgia Southern has been going through the last week. So, so without further ado, Nation, welcome back. Friend of the nest, McCain Baxley, representing the Savannah Morning News. Uh, McLean, long time no see, man. How you been? Good. I mean, it's been a long uh, you know, two or three months since, since I joined y'all uh, back, in, back in September. That, that's right. We, we had you on for what was supposed to be uh, <laughs> the, the first game uh, before that was postponed. Uh, so it is good to see you again. But, man, a lot has changed in Statesboro and obviously Boca Raton since then. But if you can, just give us a summary of, of the type of season the Eagles have had up there and a little glimpse of some of the recent changes that we've seen in Statesboro just this last week. Yeah, so the uh, Georgia Southern is 6-4. and four. Um, They are 4-3 uh, and three in the Sun Belt. And so it's been an up-and-down year. You know, uh, they – Eight of their games have been one-score games, um, and they've been on the winning side of six of those. So they're six and two in one-score games. Um, you know, they've had success on the ground some. They've had a couple of games where, you know, Shy Words quarterback has thrown it. They've had a lot of success on defense. Um, you know, Raymond Johnson on defensive end, uh, Rashad Bird at linebacker. They've been, you know, captains. They've been really good this year. And then you look at the, you know, this past week, you know, uh, Two weeks, uh, you know, November 21st, Georgia Southern played former head coach uh, Je uh, Jeff Munkin, who used to coach Georgia Southern. Um, he's the head coach at Army now. That game came down to a, uh, you know, last second drive and, you know, time uh, just kind of got away from the Georgia Southern. Was, you know, 
was or Army laying on the ball or, you know, they, they, should, they feel like they should have gotten a last second field goal. They didn't. And so then they were, there was a layover in New Jersey for about 24 hours. And so the team did not return to Statesboro until late Sunday night. Um, and then Monday, uh, starting running back Wesley Kennedy and starting nose tackle CJ Wright were arrested on drug and weapon charges. And then Tuesday, two more players, um, Chris Harris Jr., linebacker, and uh, Ephraim Kitchen, a, a safety, were also arrested on drug charges. All four were suspended. Um, late Earlier in that week, uh, uh, Raynard Ellis, the team's leading tackler at linebacker, was uh, he opted out for the season. And then Saturday with a, you know, depleted team and, you know, down five starters, um, Georgia Southern had an 11-point lead at the start of the fourth quarter, and they lost it to their in-state rival, Georgia State. Um, you know, so they, they lost that game 30-24 to 24 on Saturday. Sunday morning, um, Georgia Southern's head coach, Chad Lunsford, makes the announcement that he is uh, relieving offense coordinator Bob DeBest of his duties and promoting interim – or promoting tight ends coach Doug Roos to interim OC, and Roos was here in 2014 and 15 as the offense coordinator. So – yeah, so that's how we got here. That's that's ten games. That's ten days um, in Georgia Southern, and you know it, it's it's been a lot going on. But um, yeah, I mean that's the nature of the game. I just want to say this: Could you guys imagine having a twenty-four hour plane delay in Newark, New Jersey? My God, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Yeah, I mean they were able to. So the you know, they game that has to be uh, the worst part of all of it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean the, the game ends around four o'clock Saturday, and uh, so they're, they're go to leave, and the plane doesn't work, and so they gotta stay in the airport, and then they're staying. They keeps getting delayed, keeps getting delayed. So like, screw it, we're gonna get a hotel. They check into a hotel like at three o'clock, and everyone's starving, and so they order pizzas at some you know pizza place, and and we're able to get pizza, and then they got Popeyes for lunch, and then they're finally able to make it home. So yeah, I mean, not the greatest start to Thanksgiving break for for those guys. It seemed like, you know, and just talking about these last 10 days, that Georgia Southern, again, was a solid football team. You know, I believe they're averaging 275 yards uh, uh, on the ground per game, just as you expect kind of triple option to do. They're, uh, I believe, 13th in the country in run defense, uh, which doesn't play great into FAU's hands this game. But it seems like everything's just kind of unraveling. And you even mentioned to me, we were talking before the pod, that, veteran starting quarterback uh Shay Wirtz he's having some injury issues and he might not be a go this week yeah so Shy Wirtz uh you know this is fourth year starting at quarterback um he's you know been the guy the past three or four years uh, no real question of you know another guy starting against Ar- so last year in the season opener against LSU he hurt his right throwing shoulder and was out a few few games um you know getting surgery and then Against Army, he re-injured it and had to miss the last two drives of the game. And uh, backup quarterback Justin Tomlin came in and, and you know, closed that game out. And then again on Saturday, not he was a game time decision on Saturday against Georgia State, and uh, it was definitely hurting him all afternoon. He took, you know, he had to throw that the 44-yard pass, um, a completion. But as soon as that ball left his hands, I mean, he just started. He held his uh, arm and you know jogged off the field and came back. You know, a few plays later. Um, he's because he's a fighter, he's a warrior, he's a captain, he's a leader, you know. But you know, he, he's definitely not full strength. He didn't practice Sunday. Uh, you know, Coach Chad Lunsford and uh, Coach Doug Roost, offense coordinator, said that he's, um, you know, they're, they're kind of preparing Justin Tomlin to be the starter, but 
you know, they're very they're still optimistic that you know shy will be back to health and um be ready to go against fau on saturday so i mean he's not at full health last time i saw him on saturday um but but i mean it's still gonna be a day-to-day kind of thing with shy and you know and just so fau fans know Wurtz is he holds the record for most rushing yards gained for a quarterback in sunbelt conference history so the the dude is a baller and then I mean, and let me know if I'm wrong, McLean, but is Tomlin more of a, of a passing centric, more traditional style? I mean, he still has mobile, but he at least may be a better thrower than Wurtz is. Um, I think it's too early to tell I me mean, this season anyway, um, you know, because Wurtz did improve a lot uh, in his passing game. And we, we've seen that throughout the year. And, you know, one game he had you know close to 200 yards passing in an option offense, which is unheard of. Um, whereas, Tomlin, the past two games that he's kind of been thrown to the fire against Army, he was down by, you know, a, a point and had to go and have a, you know, one-minute offense. And so we didn't get to see full potential there. Same thing with Georgia State. He's down a touchdown, you know, with, with a minute and a half left and kind of just lobs it up, uh, thinking he needs all those yards and, you know, a minute left and, and throws an interception. So that's one thing that, you know, Coach Lunsford, the head coach, talked about yesterday was that – or on Monday, he said that, you know, this is going to be a good opportunity to see Tomlin – you know, in his full, uh, you know, giving a full game, you know, not when you when not when you're down by a score, not when you're tied game, it's a tied game on the road. This is gonna be at home starts, you know, so I mean, it's, it's gonna be a more comfortable thing. I think in, in years past, I think Tomlin has been the better thrower than Wirtz. Um, he still is able to run it, but um, he's not as good as a runner as, as shy. And, and I think it goes back to experience or or whatnot. And then a third guy, you know, Sam Kenderson, uh, he's a true freshman running, a true freshman quarterback, uh, came in on two plays against Georgia State this past week. We could see him, especially on some of those running plays, um, you know, those, those second and three or, you know, third and twos that, um, you know, you're more comfortable. And because Kenderson has, they've already said that he's one of the most athletic guys on the team. He's definitely one of the quickest guys on the team. Um, we could see him on Saturday as well. So, I mean, between Tomlin, Kenderson, and, you know, Wirtz, I mean, they, they're, they're, Easton has their own skill set for sure, but I think I think you're correct that Tomlin is the better thrower overall. Now, you know, uh, get switching to the other side of the ball, you know, FAU kind of similar this year is depending on the running uh, attack, you know, especially with the young quarterback, Jamie, I'm Hosey. But it seems that, you know, Georgia Southern, almost like we kind of talked about at the beginning of the year, that there was still a little bit of a weakness or worry about that secondary. Uh, Georgia State passed for a ton of yards on you guys, but the quarterback was well over 350 yards in that game. Uh, and with Georgia Southern's run defense, so good, I mean, would you agree that FAU has to run the ball? I mean, has to be able to pass the ball to to have success moving the ball Georgia Southern? Definitely. You know, last time we talked, you know, a few months ago, it was still a very young, off, or very, very young secondary. That's gotten a little bit better. Um, you know, Kendrick Duncan, he's a, you know, preseason all Sunbelt guy. He was, hurt, he was hurt the past, the first, few games and came back against Coastal Carolina. And since then, he's kind of been the quarterback on that defense, being able to kind of lock down better. And, you know, he's had a few takeaways. Um, but, yeah, I mean, each game, you know, Derek Canteen, he's, he's a pretty much a freshman. Uh, David Spalding, a lot of these guys uh, have come out and have improved each week, but that still is the weakness. I mean, I, I think y'all said, you know, it's top 15 rush defense. If you take out the Army game, going into the Army game, they were, they were eighth in the nation um, in rushing defense. So, I mean – it's going to be very difficult to run on them because um, they see it every day in practice. I mean, they, there's only been um, the full season. There's only 1,300 yards they've allowed, um, rushing yards allowed this year. So, I mean, it's 
the rushing defense is most the, the you know defensive line very experienced can get in that back a lot of tackles for loss but yeah I mean that's that secondary is still a, a question mark and will be a question mark throughout the rest of the season for Georgia Southern. Do you feel even despite with the losses uh, the nose tackle and linebacker position and everything with words I mean just kind of a final question not so much a prediction do you feel like too much has changed uh, for Georgia Southern do you feel like they have enough to win this game? I mean, I think so. I mean, they, cause like I said, you know, they, they came out and they were at 14 to three very quickly against Georgia state, you know, and that's what that, I mean, it's, that's, that, that's without everybody. I mean, except works, you know, works was still pretty healthy at the beginning of the game, but I mean, everyone on defense that they're going to have on Saturday against Florida Atlantic is the same guys that, you know, you started the game. So they came out really strong, you know, bend don't break. And then eventually there in that fourth quarter, it finally did break. So, I mean, if the offense can be able to, you know, pick up points, pick up yards, um, and keep the defense off the field, uh, they'll be, you know, obviously more rested when that fourth quarter comes because that's been the, you know, in, in three of their four losses, um, really in four of their four losses, that fourth quarter has been where they lost. You know, they, it was a close game against – they were tied with Coastal going into the fourth quarter, and then, you know, Coastal scored twice um, to take to take the lead and, you know, obviously win the game. So, I mean, every game has gone into the fourth quarter um, except for, you know, the 41-0 victory against UMass. But – you know, yeah, I mean, they can keep the they can keep the defense fresh and, and ready. Um, I think it's also going to be a big, big pride factor. They've lost two in a row. Uh, they haven't lost a home non-conference game, uh, you know, in 16 years or 14 years, 26 games. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of pride in the Georgia Southern team. And, you know, for a lot of these guys on defense, especially, it's a lot of uh, young guys on that – or a lot of older guys, excuse me, on defensive line um, and, and a linebacker. So, I mean, this is – one of their last games um, in Georgia Southern uniform, one of the last games at home. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to want to go off with, with two wins and at least a win on Saturday. Well, thank you for joining us again on this. Uh, hopefully we actually kick off this time. I have a good feel, much better feeling than we did last time. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's, I'm glad this game was able to reschedule. I think despite everything with Georgia Southern, this would be kind of if he was able to pull off a victory, kind of a nice, uh, nice one to have for Willie Taggart in his first season going on the road and winning at a storied program like Georgia Southern. For sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, to talked about it, uh, after the army game and he's like, you know, that even though, you know, Georgia Southern, you know, they're six and four, they're not competing for a conference championship. They're not, you know, one of the best teams in, in the land, you know, they still being Georgia Southern means something. Um, just, he's like, just look at the way that army celebrated, look at the way Louisiana celebrated, um, you know, beating Georgia Center means something. So, I mean, if, a, if, if FAU and, you know, Willie Taggart and, you know, the, the offense that's been pretty good this year is able to come in and get a win, I mean, I think it's going to be a good game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout in either team's favor. Um, it's going to be a four-quarter game like, you know, I've been used to. It's been challenging to write game stories when I'm having to wait until the last couple drives to, to see where the direction's going. But, uh, you know, that makes it fun for fans. Yeah, I mean, seriously, guys, just so you know, McLean's not lying when he's talking about like every score, every game has been close. It's really just been one game that hasn't been close going into the fourth quarter. It's, it's been a crazy year for Southern. So um, it'll definitely be a good one. Uh, McLean, real quick, if FAU fans want to reach out to you, and that's something that Shane and I have been doing all year. I mean, he's a really cool guy. If you guys want to give him a follow, uh, where can Al Nation go ahead and do that? Yeah, so on Twitter, it's uh, at McLean Baxley. That's M-C-C-L-A-I-N-B-A-X-L-E-Y. 
Um, and then on, you know, our writings on the savannahnow.com, and that's the uh, home of Savannah Morning News. Yeah, you know, all through the week uh, and all through game day, I'll tweet too much and tweet, you know, links, stats, things you should know, quotes and stuff. So, you know, I try to try to do my best for for both, you know, Georgia Southern fans and, you know, the opponents fans. So, um, yeah, some claim on Twitter is the, the best way for sure. All right. Good stuff. Well, thanks for uh, joining us today. And uh, real quick, any any prediction besides it being close? Because we know it's that's a given considering Southern's involved. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that George Southern is going to be, be able to win. Um, solely oh, because, get him out of here. <laughs> you know, if they were in a similar spot a few years. I mean, very different, but – in my opinion, you know, from someone that's covered the team, you know, in 2017, they were 0-9 going into senior day. Um, Crazy. Was, and they come into senior day and win 54 nothing. Um, so, uh, 52 nothing over South Alabama. So, do I think a, you know, 52 nothing win is in the in the future this weekend? No. But, I, mean, I think it's that pride and that, you know, the fans are coming out and it's going to be a cold game. And, uh, yeah, so I think, I think George Southern is going to find a way to, to win, by, even if it's by touchdown, which has become the norm. Good stuff. Thanks for joining us, man. Thanks, y'all. All right, so that was McLean. Uh, such a cool dude, so I'll definitely give him a follow. Uh, that being said, another episode wrapped up of Inside the Burrow. Make sure you follow us at Inside the Burrow on Twitter. And, of course, FU Owls Nest. We're going to have a lot of great coverage for this game up in Statesboro this Saturday. Some interesting basketball stuff going on as well. Recruiting with Shane, Ryan's midweek mashups. You always got stuff going on, guys. So make sure you give us a follow. Um, and, of course, when it comes to the podcast, we're on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Google Play, obviously Apple Podcasts. Wherever you are, we're there too. So uh, give us a listen. Tell your friends it's a mitzvah, all right? Listen, Hanukkah's coming up. Spread the joy, okay? Christmas is around the corner. Spread it a little bit. Spread the gospel. We got a lot of good stuff. Always here for you guys. Uh, so thanks for joining. So on behalf of Shane, myself, Dan, who's on the road, drive safe, brother. Go Owls.